Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. It's David Cole. Ghostly. And I'm Josh Matheson. I love how he couldn't have spit like a hotter, sunnier, less autumn-y, Halloween-y day to do such a like entrance. <laughs> yeah, but jokes on you for the for the one person that listens to it on thirty first October. Yeah, no, it's true. You're gonna be bang on. Be so apt for that one person. <laughs> yeah, and if we do do a recording on Halloween, you bet your bottom dollar it's going to be something not seasonal. Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, this book I think is going to maybe take the entire year unless we start banging out a couple of week. <laughs> because uh, yeah, there's a lot of chapters in it. I think we're up to twenty four. Yeah, no, it's true. It's definitely a uh, an adventure, isn't it? It's definitely kind of like taking a while with lots of twists and turns. Well, if you remember last week in chapter twenty three, um, Jim managed to cut the Hispaniola free. There you go. It the Hispaniola has hit for the island as he thought it would, but what he didn't envisage was that his coracle has somehow spun off, like. A comet in orbit or something like that is literally just spun off into the open sea. And I believe he's going on a cruise. Isn't that so the, title the title of this one? would suggest, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where this cruise goes, if he's going to visit some of the other islands, buy some fridge magnets, mm-hmm. watch some evening entertainment. You'll only get about six hours per destination. So <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a whistle stop. Back There's going to be a terrible button. magician. Yeah. <laughs> So this is the picture of the chapter title. We can see oh, him drifting far. out to sea. Yeah, he is quite far away from Hispaniola. Da, da, There's da, the da. land there. No, no, no. So, yeah, that seems to be heading back. But we shall find out if uh, this castaway situation in this chapter is going to be interesting. Or Imagine not. if you just split his wings, never seen again. You're like, oh. yeah. <laughs> this is actually the book that they found stuffed into like a bottle that <laughs> washed yeah. up into the UK. We don't actually know what happened to him at all. Although that'd be pretty boring because I'm still waiting for the treasure to come back into this Treasure Island story. There has been no treasure. There has been absolutely no treasure so far. It's been quite gold light, to be honest. I'm quite disappointed. It's just been called Fight Island. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for more like more backstabbing and double bluffs and mm. do you know what I mean? I was hoping Dead for of the more night. like, yeah, and like and power politics of like, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to double cross you and then I got triple crossed and but I, I thought, yeah, I thought that's where this was going to go but um, seems to be just the general stalemate of them versus us and we're picking each other off one by one. So we'll see what happens. Should we dive in? Shall indeed. Here we go. <laughs> Chapter 24 The Cruise of the Coracle. It was broad day when I awoke and found myself tossing at the southwest end of Treasure Island. The sun was up, but was still hid from me behind the great bulk of the spyglass, which on this side descended almost to the sea in formidable cliffs. Hall Bowline Head and Mizzen Mast Hill were at my elbow, the hill bare and dark, the head bound with cliffs forty or fifty feet high and fringed with great masses of fallen rock. I was scarce a quarter of a mile to seaward, 
and it was my first thought to paddle in and land. That notion was soon given over. Among the fallen rocks, the breakers spouted and bellowed, loud reverberations, heavy spray flying and falling succeeded one another from second to second, and I saw myself, if I ventured nearer, dashed to death upon the rough shore, or spending my strength in vain to scale the beetling crags. Nor was that all, for crawling together on flat tables of rock, or letting themselves drop into the sea with loud reports, I beheld huge, slimy monsters, soft snails, as it were, of incredible bigness, two or three score of them together, making the rocks to echo with their barkings. What do you think those are? Giant snails. Yeah, but it says they're like barking. I don't know what they're barking. He's not is. just like got a like, like I don't think sea lions. Are they in barking? With, they're in barking. <laughs> they're in barking. Yeah. yeah. They are. <laughs> got, there's there's yeah. a photo slightly later, and I'm just going to put it up now because I feel like those are the things there in the background, aren't they? Are they not seals? I just, yeah, I think they are. They look they look quite seal like in that illustration. They do, don't they? Is he kind of basically calling them like mammal slugs? He's called them slimy. I suppose seals look a bit slimy when they're wet. They do. I do wonder if this is, again, the chances of this guy in this time having travelled to sea seals are probably quite slim. So he's maybe had them described to him or just seen a photo of them and he's maybe like having to imagine what they're like. Are you thinking the author has never seen a seal? I don't think he's probably seen one. Unless he's been on one of these ships travelling around the world, why would you have seen one? Do you not get seals in like the southwest? Yeah, I suppose they have them like up in he's Scotland. He's doing Cornwall. They? Do they have them in Cornwall as well? Yeah, on the islands. May, okay. If you go up May. to the Norfolk coast, you can do uh, seal watching. I've understood since that they were sea lions <laughs> and entirely harmless. <laughs> okay, well, good. We should just keep reading, shouldn't we? Yeah, but I do love the yeah, air. He's obviously just thinking because they're wet, they look slimy. They must. But I suppose from a distance, they'd look a bit like a slug, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, well, I could understand yeah. saying like the mammal, a slug mammal of some sort. I could understand that description. But a snail, like I'm expecting a shell or, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, kind of... I read that and thought, oh, is it like those giant African land snails? Yeah, no, that's what I thought. Oh, but, yeah. And then when I saw barking, I was like, well, snails don't really make any noises apart from gurgles, maybe. But the look of them, added to the difficulty of the shore and the high running of the surf, was more than enough to disgust me of that landing place. I felt willing rather to starve at sea than to confront such perils. In the meantime, I had a better chance, as I supposed, before me. North of Hall Bowline Head, the land runs in a long way, leaving at low tide a long stretch of yellow sand. To the north of that, again, there comes another cape, Cape of the Woods, as it was marked upon the chart, buried in tall green pines, which descended to the margin of the sea. I remembered what Silver had said about the current that sets northward along the whole west coast of Treasure Island, and seeing from my position that I was already under its influence, I preferred to leave Hall Bowline Head behind me, and reserve my strength for an attempt to land upon the kindlier-looking Cape of the Woods. There was a great smooth swell upon the sea, the wind blowing steady and gentle from the south. There was no contrariety between that and the current, 
and the billows rose and fell unbroken. Had it been otherwise, I must long ago have perished, but as it was, it is surprising how easily and securely my little and light boat could ride. Often, as I lay still at the bottom and kept no more than an eye above the gunwale, I would see a big blue summit heaving close above me, yet the coracle would but bounce a little, dance as if on springs, and subside on the other side into the trough as lightly as a bird. I began, after a little, to grow very bold, and sat up to try my skill at paddling. But even a small change in the disposition of the weight will produce violent changes in the behaviour of a coracle. And I had hardly moved before the boat, giving up at once her gentle dancing movement, ran straight down a slope of water so steep that it made me giddy, and struck her nose with a spout of spray deep into the side of the next wave, the problem is he's kind of in that, you know, that area where you're like, if you're further out, you're okay. If you're further, but where the waves crash and swell it's, is like, yeah, the like most where the shallows meet the thing. Yeah. You can't the, get, yeah. No, yeah. you can't get out because you're just always getting battered. And it's, so it's like the tides just kind of keeping him in that sweet spot all the way around where it's like, he's just far enough away from land that he can't reach it. But you're getting pulverized every second by a wave, mm. which would be really annoying. So he's hoping that the tide takes him around the island and to the he might be able bit, to like just bit. jump in. Yeah, so he might, he's hoping that once he gets a bit closer, he might be able to just paddle into where the wood is. Presum- presumably like some of the part, because you know some islands, if it's got like a cove, then mm. it's, it's it's less um, choppy, isn't it? Yeah. Depending on what like the headlands, if you like float around the headland, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, a, yeah. like a cove or a bay. I was drenched and terrified and fell instantly back into my old position, whereupon the coracle seemed to find her head again and led me as softly as before among the billows. It was plain she was not to be interfered with, and at that rate, since I could in no way influence her course, what hope had I of reaching land? I began to be horribly frightened, but I kept my head, for all that, First, moving with all care, I gradually bailed out the coracle with my sea cap. Then, getting my eye once more above the gunwale, I set myself to study how it was she managed to slip so quietly through the rollers. I found each wave, instead of the big, smooth, glossy mountain it looks from shore or from a vessel's deck, was for all the world like any range of hills on dry land, full of peaks and smooth places and valleys. The coracle, left to herself, turning from side to side, threaded, so to speak, her way through these lower parts and avoided the steep slopes and higher toppling summits of the wave. Well now, thought I to myself, it is plain I must lie where I am and not disturb the balance, but it is plain also that I can put the paddle over the side from time to time in smooth places, give her a shove or two towards land. No sooner thought upon than done. There I lay upon my elbows in the most trying attitude, and every now and again gave a weak stroke or two to turn her head to shore. It was very tiring and slow work, yet I did visibly gain ground, and as we drew near the Cape of the Woods, though I saw I must infallibly miss that point, I had still made some hundred yards of easting. 
I was indeed close in. I could see the cool green treetops swaying together in the breeze, and I felt sure I should make the next premonitory without fail. It was high time, for I now began to be tortured with thirst. The glow of the sun from above, its thousandfold reflection from the waves, the seawater that fell and dried upon me, caking my very lips with salt, combined to make my throat burn and my brain ache. The sight of the trees so near at hand had almost made me sick with longing, but the current had soon carried me past the point, and as the next reach of sea opened out, I beheld a sight that changed the nature of my thoughts. That is kind of like the first thing that came to mind. I was like, how long is he going to get? How long is he going to be until he starts getting dehydrated? Because yeah. like sitting out on a on a boat as well, it's like the sun hits you even harder because of yeah, there's the nowhere to hide. There's yeah, there's nowhere to hide. He's got no sail. He's got no shade, and then also you've got this wind whipping it, the water at you as well. Which is so horrible, like, oh, no. I just think it's one, it's one of, surely one of nature's cruelest ironies, people dying of dehydration yes. at sea. Because you're yeah. just hearing water, mm. and you're like, that sounds so good, I want to put yeah. my face in it, and I can't. <laughs> or, it's why, yeah, why have we not, why have we not evolved to be able to drink seawater? That's mm. uh, like really yeah. stupid, but like. How much seawater can you drink until it's like, is it like I mean, one much. cup and you're gone? Or is it like. But it doesn't. You do, like, it doesn't it's quench. It's really does it? salty. It's really salty. I think. If, I think you just reject it. Do you? Do you just start throwing? Yeah, you up just immediately? vomit it up. Yeah. And you think this is a time before sun cream? He's got no sunblock on. Like he's going to be absolutely red and chafing by the end of this. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the when you get the you know, you've been splashed so much and then you get crusty salt everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then the the sunburn on top of the seawater as well is just the yeah. worst. Yeah, but don't forget, one of the pirates probably has moisturizer as his luxury item. Uh, <laughs> One's yeah. got Parmesan and the other's got some Nivea. <laughs> some tea got tea oil. Dip, yeah, banana boat, aloe vera, after sun lotion. <laughs> really, like rolling in. Oh, dear. Everyone in this time must have looked so much older than they were. Like, can you guys, like, everyone just must have looked like a leather-backed turtle by the time say, they got leathery 20. brown, like... Yeah, and, uh, just all wrinkled, and... and yeah, they must have, surely. Right in front of me, not half a mile away, I beheld the Hispaniola under sail. I made sure, of course, that I should be taken, but I was so distressed for want of water that I scarce knew whether to be glad or sorry at the thought, and long before I had come to a conclusion, surprise had taken entire possession of my mind, and I could do nothing but stare and wonder. The Hispaniola was under her main sail and two jibs, and the beautiful white canvas shone in the sun like snow or silver. When I first sighted her, all her sails were drawing, she was lying a course about northwest, and I presumed the men on board were going round the island on their way back to the anchorage. Presently, she began to fetch more and more to the westward, so that I thought they had sighted me and were going about in chase. At last, however, she fell right into the wind's eye, was taken dead aback, and stood there a while, helpless, with her sails shivering. Clumsy fellows, said I. 
they must still be drunk as owls. <laughs> drunk as owls. Do owls That's get drunk? Not... Is that is that no, a stereotype? They don't. <laughs> no, they don't. Is that just because like owls normally look like this? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like I like. Have you seen the ones? I'm like, so drunk. They're all, like, sat in a bucket <laughs> and like they look up. Yes, I literally then, saw then... that video yesterday. But they don't wink. They don't blink in like unison. So like one eye will close and open again. Yeah. So you're right. They look a bit like. <laughs> there's one of like there's a video on TikTok that was they were burrowing owls in a bucket and the guys like getting them out yeah. one by one and they're literally all standing there just like this against the side of the bucket. Like, Why are there a bucket him. of owls? Oh, because he's obviously like, releasing them back into like their enclosure or whatever, and they're like look like babies. But it looks like you know that Toy Story scene with the aliens who are like the yeah. Ah, yeah. It literally looks like that where they're all just like <laughs> looking at this guy out the bucket. The like, eyes are, are just you? and they're literally like this. They look high. It's so funny. Yeah, it's a U.S. colloquial apparently. Yeah, drunk as yeah, drunk as a boiled owl, and it's meant to mean thoroughly drunk or inebriated. <laughs> Well, there you are. I do enjoy thoroughly drunk is funny. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Synonyms. Drunk as a see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Blimey. Oh. <laughs> Wikipedia. Wow. wow. <laughs> Wiktionary. The free dictionary. <laughs> Apparently others include drunk as Chloe, drunk as a sow, drunk as a wheelbarrow, drunk as a piper. Pissed as a fart. I know that one. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Tight as a tick. Not heard that one. No. Full as a goog. No. No idea what, what that is. These are great. Drunk though. as David's so. There you go, David. You're drunk as David's pig. I don't think right. that highlighted really. It just kind of gave some kind of context, but not really an explanation. Yeah. I thought how Captain Smollett would have set them skipping. Meanwhile, the schooner gradually fell off and filled again upon another tack, sailed swiftly for a minute or so, and brought up once more dead in the wind's eye. Again and again this was repeated. To and fro, up and down, north and south, east and west, the Hispaniola sailed by swoops and dashes. Ah, I missed that one. You missed one. (sighs) You lose all your points up till now. No! All 0.25 of them. (laughs) And each repetition ended as she had begun with idly flapping canvas. It became plain to me that nobody was steering. And if so, where were the men? Either they were dead drunk or had deserted her, I thought. And perhaps if I could get on board, I might return the vessel to her captain. (laughs) Like, Jim, you're eight. You're not going to be able to sail a whole schooner by yourself. He's going to try. Could you imagine Big him turning up, up, like, at the thing going, beep, beep, hey, Smollett, yeah, I've just I've got the ship back. <laughs> like, what? He probably not even like like to turn the wheel. Like, exactly. He's like, he can't even see over the wheel. Like, <laughs> He's going to be like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see over. But let's hope this is right. Ah. There's a big gash taken out the side of it, just all against the rocks. Kind of, is it? It goes past. Oh dear! The thing is, this is this is definitely highlighting kind of why Smollett isn't very worried about the pirates leaving them there, because if they are on board, they're clearly not competent at sailing the ship, and they yeah. clearly need him. And he did say that to Long John Silver as well. You can't yeah. sail the ship without me, so. You know, all your bravados for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Did Long, Long John Silver drive a boat ship? 
No, because no, he's, he's never. No, yeah. What was that? What was that? What was that like? Were they hoping to get the treasure and without without them being in? I don't understand. I think they were hoping to basically get all the way back to England and then like jump them in the Thames. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> literally, as they're about to dock, be like, "Oh, okay, we're taking the treasure and then kill everybody and then walk off with the treasure and disappear." I think so that keep was up, basically keep up the their ruse plan. until they were always, yeah. Because like, he he said that in the earlier chapter, didn't he? he? Was like, "Why we? Why don't we jump them now? Why would we jump them now? Let them do all the work and we'll just take it at the end." Also, Long John Silver isn't currently on the ship. So if he can sail it, which he, he may well be able to, or he's captain not. it, I mean, he's not on there at the moment. So that probably no. doesn't help. So it's just two general blokes. It's the gunner. Yeah, it's the gunner and someone else. So they might be very good at shooting, but not necessarily very good at steering the boat. They're good at hugging each other in a <laughs> fight, fighty slash romantic. Lovers embraces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The current was bearing Coracle and Schooner southward at an equal rate. As for the latter's sailing, it was so wild and intermittent, and she hung each time so long in irons that she certainly gained nothing, if she did not even lose. If only I dared to sit up and paddle, I made sure that I could overhaul her. The scheme had an air of adventure that inspired me, and the thought of the water-breaker beside the fore-companion doubled my growing courage. Up I got, was welcomed almost instantly by another cloud of spray, <laughs> but this time stuck to my purpose and set myself with all my strength and caution to paddle after the unsteered Hispaniola. Da, da, da. Oh, making up for it with a sassy one. Yeah. Once I shipped a sea so heavy that I had to stop and bail, with my heart fluttering like a bird, but gradually I got into the way of the thing and guided my coracle among the waves, with only now and then a blow upon her bows and a dash of foam in my face. I was now gaining rapidly on the schooner. I could see the brass glisten on the tiller as it banged about, and still no soul appeared upon her decks. I could not choose but suppose she was deserted. If not, the men were lying drunk below where I might batten them down, perhaps, and do what I chose with the ship. For some time she had been doing the worst thing possible for me, standing still. She headed nearly due south, yawing, of course, all the time. Each time she fell off, her sails partly filled, and this brought her in a moment right to the wind again. I have said this was the worst thing possible for me, for helpless as she looked in this situation, with the canvas cracking like cannon and the blocks trundling and banging on the deck, she still continued to run away from me, not only with the speed of the current, but by the whole amount of her leeway, which was naturally great. But now, at last, I had my chance. The breeze fell for some seconds very low, and the current gradually turning her, the Hispaniola revolved slowly round her centre and at last presented me her stern, with the cabin window still gaping open and the lamp over the table still burning on into the day. The mainsail hung drooped like a banner. She was stock still, but for the current. For the last little while I had even lost, but now redoubling my efforts, I began once more to overhaul the chase. 
I was not a hundred yards from her when the wind came again in a clap. She filled on the port tack and was off again, stooping and skimming like a swallow. My first impulse was one of despair, but my second was towards joy. Round she came till she was broadside on to me, round still till she had covered a half and then two-thirds and then three-quarters of the distance that separated us. I could see the waves boiling white under her forefoot. Immensely tall, she looked to me from my low station in the coracle, and then all of a sudden I began to comprehend. I had scarce time to think, scarce time to act and save myself. I was on the summit of one swell when the schooner came stooping over the next. The bowsprit was over my head. I sprang to my feet and leapt, stamping the coracle under water. With one hand I caught the jib boom, while my foot was lodged between the stay and the brace, and as I still clung there, panting, a dull blow told me that the schooner had charged down upon and struck the coracle, and that I was left without retreat on the Hispaniola. Da, 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 da. End of the chapter. So he's just gotten run over by the Hispaniola, basically. Run, run over by the Hispaniola. As the name. Yeah, I did wonder because when he said I was going to turn around, I was like, he's going to go under it. It's going to run him over. I just knew that was coming. So he's now stuck on board. He's been crushed. Oh, yeah, poor goat. So he's now been, he's now stuck on board with no way of getting off with whoever may be on board. It could be deserted. It could still have all the drunk, violent men on it. Yeah, he just got no idea. But he's Mm. he's very confident for for a young fella. I know he seems to have a very high opinion of himself when he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I might be able to get on and batten down all the men that are on there. And I'm like, dude, you're eight. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't think you're going to be able to go around a whole ship of men and like tie everybody up. He's got nothing on him. He's prepubescent. And these guys will kill you. He's got one little knife. I think that's all he's got because that's what he cut the ankle with. isn't it? That's pretty much all he's walking around with. I don't think that's going to be enough to hold up a ship. No. Particularly when these people are meant to be buccaneers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe the first thing you'll do is go for the apple barrel again. (laughs) Who knows? That was actually more, more happened in that than I thought was going to. Do you know what I mean? It was written written in a nice kind of, it was written in a nice kind of capture, capture interest kind of a way. Yeah, because at least there was kind of like, oh, there's some actual danger and some stakes involved rather than him just randomly bobbing along, like with nothing happening. I do um, feel but, like this story's being eked out slightly, though. Do you well, know I was I mean? just going to say, I feel like... We've, I don't we've know kind of... if any of this bit was not necessary, really. No. So, yeah. Like, we've oh, drifted like, off this course. This is the mission. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally. Uh, and and, 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 and maybe, our, maybe our readers feel all at sea. Or not our readers, our listeners. Mm. Yeah, they probably do. I'm starting to wonder yeah. if well, this is... Well, I hope is... the tie turns. <laughs> I'm trying to wonder if this is... Uh, no. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. moving on. Uh, I'm trying to work out if this is a reflection of our modern attention spans or as we found with some other books, like, is it the case that we've perfected story writing to the point where it's almost formulaic now? So books like this, which have these really long meandering narratives, aren't really what you see in modern books anymore. You kind of get like a lot more to the point to kind of keep your attention. Storytelling even when has it, been even, sort of, yeah, yeah Even when you read a book and all of a sudden it's like a different character, you have all faith like, 
even though it's I'm, further I'm in a different the place. Main story thread. Yeah, I know at some point that this is going to be tied in. Yeah, um, and if it isn't, well, it just well, that's the thing. You've got you've got editors would just go that that bit is pointless. Yeah. So, for instance, in terms of where he is right now, what this author could have done is when he cut the rope initially, a wave could have wiped out the coracle and left him stuck on the boat. That could have all happened within the last chapter. A much you know more I mean? efficient. Yes. Exactly. So that's what I mean in terms of like, it's almost like, oh, I can make an adventure out of this tiny little bit, which gets me back to exactly where he was before anyway. Yeah. So I do feel like, yeah, they, it, I don't know if they just like eking a story out or if this is just a reflection of how stories were written back then, I'm not sure. But um, there definitely seems to be less of a, a want to stick to that central story. I know, as I say, we've not heard the word treasure for about eight chapters. No, everyone's forgotten about it. <laughs> Even Long so John like, hasn't really. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's like, you've got like you've risked you've risked everything. Yeah, the main Lost reason everyone's there is like has been completely forgotten for now. Yeah, but maybe it just so. wasn't so much of a thing like to have to have sort of a really compact, relevant story. Maybe, maybe the idea of drifting off a bit and coming back, like because a lot of the other older books that we've read have started out in that episodic, like um, weekly edition of a magazine kind of format, where it's just yeah. like, oh yeah, what's in store this week? It doesn't really matter. Like eventually, it might. yeah, more like more, I guess more like a sitcom, like. There is an overarching yeah. story, but actually each they episode has got its own, little, yeah. its own little... No, I was, I was yeah. about to say, because at least, like, yeah, that last chapter had its own beginning and end. It had its own, like, beginning and conclusion, where it's like... Yeah, so you can imagine yeah, it as that, an episode of a TV show. Exactly. But it just shows you how writing... Maybe that's why our writing isn't like this anymore, what because we have the TV of... Me- we had the medium of TV to, yeah. to do this kind of storytelling. I wonder if this is one of these books that was released each week in a newspaper. Yeah, well, that's um, like, like you know, we found that yeah. with like Dickens and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, and, it was and Pinocchio. Yeah, maybe they always tended to be of a similar length, and there'd be some sort of end tied, but with like a sort of cliffhanger because obviously mm. it was they would have been a really great way for the newspaper to sell copies. So Stevenson originally gave the book the title The Sea Cook. Good. Oh. One month after conceiving of the book, chapters began to appear in the pages of Young Folks magazine. Ah, uh, there you go. So that <laughs> um, makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. And is that a way to drum up? It's a way Leadership. to like, write it as you go, and it also drums up interest. Yeah. Because then you're yeah. like, right, now you've read the first 15 chapters, now you can buy the book. Yeah, to get the conclusion. Teaser. Fair. And also, like, I guess trying it out because then, then you could like redraft it in the full version. Yeah. Um, based on what you know, what people thought. Yeah. Yeah, because you'd get you'd get general readers' feedback. Get fan fan mail, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> right, that makes a lot more sense as to the writing style then. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, it's any chapters nineteen, and we're way past chapters to nineteen now. But then, if that's no, the way you've true, done it, but yeah, I feel like once you started a book that way, you have to finish. Otherwise, the writing style would completely change. The chapter lengths would completely change, and you suddenly go, "Hang on, this just feels like a different book that's been like slammed onto the back of something else." Yeah. So I can kind of understand keeping the same kind of like terms and conditions all the way through so he's to like, make it feel cohesive. Okay, so now he's back on the boat, so he's like, "If you're planning it, you're like, so something's gonna okay. So we're gonna reintroduce where he is." He's going to oversee something or hear something. 
uh, and then yeah. there'd be the main action, and then he'll finish somewhere different as a result yes. of whatever's happened. To set with up a, the next With a view chapter. to see whatever's yeah. happening next. Well, um, that's probably a good time to play our game. Our game? You yeah. mean Because we can game? basically work out, yeah. The game that goes like this. Guess what the next chapter's called? It's odd. So it's David. <gasps> David. Odd. Um, ooh. ooh. Next. So we've had the, the Coracle, the cruise of the Coracle. It's called, doesn't it? Uh, Matt, what, Matt, what are you doing with your face? There's some, some weird face things going on here. I know, I'm just thinking. Okay, cool. It's a thinking face. I'm doing goat face. Okay, let's <laughs> just go for something. Mary, back on board the Hispaniola. Back on board the Hispaniola. I'm going to be like, back in the apple barrel. <laughs> nice. It's like Sister Act uh, 2, back in the habit. Back in the apple barrel. <laughs> yeah. With a click. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're, you're both wrong. Although I uh, suppose we are making reference to being back on, on the ship because chapter 25 is entitled, I Strike the Jolly Roger. Oh. That's right. Is the the Jolly Rogers the flag, right? The pirate flag. Yeah. But they're flying on yeah. the ship. Oh, okay. Right. So, so is he now referring to like, the whole thing as the Jolly Roger because it's flying the Jolly Roger? It's just funny because he's called or, it the Hispaniola up to this point. But maybe he's saying, I strike it like I'm going to take down the pirate flag to reclaim it. Oh, yeah, fair. Or I one of the pirates. When you strike something from Roger stage, you get nice. Like it. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's he's so nice. He's annoying, so you're just gonna punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah you know. Stop, stop being so jolly, Roger. Stop <laughs> yeah, being so positive. Just like that. Yeah, jolly I'm Roger, just, and positive I, Peter. I'm just imagining someone just hitting a flag. Just be like, yeah, take that. You don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bully. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Here, have another one. This uh, is what I think of you, flag. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if uh, you've enjoyed this episode or you have any thoughts or opinions on it, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or if you could tell us how you would fight a flag, you can do that <laughs> on Twitter and you know, you know it's at lazybookclub.com. Yeah, many different approaches to fight a flag. Also, tell us um, your your own personal idiom for drunk as a boiled owl or pissed as a fart. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all know the global variations on this one. Yeah. Tell us on Instagram at LazyBookClubPod. We are also on Patreon, where for the small fee of $3 a month, you get an extra episode a month as well as access to our videos. At the moment, we are still working through the Grim Tales. So we're doing a lot of fairy tales, some very obscure, random, crazy ones that you would never have heard of and some favourites as well. So check those out. Otherwise, we will see you next week for I Strike the Jolly Roger. Take that flag. Take that flag. Uh-huh. We'll see you there. I won. <laughs> I did it. I did it. What did you do? Bye. Oh, great. Well, we, we died of starvation. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs>